Thank you for that. Appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12. And I want to preach this morning on striving together in obedience and uh, striving together in obedience as we think about this idea of, of being obedient to, to God. Abraham was greatly used of God. When you think about Abraham, you think about who he was. Uh, we stand really in awe of who he is and, and how God greatly used uh, Abraham to bring about the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. And uh, there's no doubt today that the promises that God made to them still stand. We'll find that in our text in Genesis chapter number 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says this, Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Boy, what a great promise. Let's stop right there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the privilege that we have to gather in your house around your word. Father, thank you for uh, the Sunday school hour that we've already enjoyed, Father, and looking into your word. And Father, I pray that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch hearts as only you can. And Father, we'll certainly thank you for that. And God will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at the passage here, uh, Abraham certainly was used of God and uh, God made a promise. He said, hey, that all the families of the earth would be blessed by Abraham. What a tremendous promise. What a man that was tremendously used of God. If you look at his life and you say, well, how, how are we blessed? But I tell you this, uh, you would only have half a Bible. No, you probably would only have a third of a Bible because I think the Old Testament is uh, more books. It's 39 and there's only 27 in the New Testament. If you're fast with math, you can figure out the fractions. I can't do it that fast. But uh, uh, the, the nation of Israel uh, kept the scriptures of the Old Testament. That's what it teaches in the book of Romans, that they were the keepers of the Old Testament. And they gave us uh, the accurate Old Testament. We thank God for that. But not only that, uh, not only in that way are we blessed to have a complete Bible because of the nation of Israel, but farther than that even is that the Lord Jesus Christ came through, the, through the, uh, the nation of Israel. And, uh, and through that, we have salvation. Boy, what a blessing that God has opened up salvation to any people, uh, any place in the world. We're not limited by geographic uh, location. We're not limited. The gospel's not limited uh, by, by language. The gospel's not limited uh, by who you are or what you do. The gospel uh, is open to the entire world. Boy, what a blessing. And I look forward to this coming month, and this is not a missions message, uh, but, but boy, there's a, a lean towards that, uh, the fact that God gave us uh, salvation through the nation of Israel. What a blessing that we could have that. In James chapter 2 and verse number 23, Abraham is called the friend of God. 
Boy, what a, uh, what a phenomenal title. Man, if I could have uh, somebody call me something, I would love to be called the friend of God. Uh, boy, that would be a, a great title for all of us, and that would be a good way to be known. And as we look at Abraham's life, there's many phenomenal things uh, that, that we see in Abraham's life. And one of them, will not, we're not there yet, but we'll get there this morning. In Genesis 22, when he takes his son Isaac uh, up the mountain and, and is ready to completely offer his son as a sacrifice to God. Boy, you talk about commitment. That's a man that's committed to God. Uh, and what an incredible life Abraham had. I want us to get an overview uh, just briefly this morning uh, of the life of Abraham as we think about the idea of striving together in obedience. There's a lot of lessons that we can learn from the life of Abraham. Uh, I want you to notice here in our text in Genesis chapter number 12, there was obedience in going. Uh, obedience in going. Uh, you look here and he says uh, in verse number one, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. What an amazing verse, really, if you think about it. And, uh, and as we think about this idea, obedience in going. Um, you ever gotten in the car and, uh, and you start driving and you say, where are we going? And you say, I don't know. You, would you, I, I don't think I would get in a car like that. Uh, I've traveled a lot and I usually have a destination for where I'm going. If I'm at the airport or if I'm at the bus stop and I've traveled uh, buses, planes, trains, you name it, I've traveled it. And, uh, and every time I, I look for the one that is going to the right place, that that's where I'm going. And I have my ticket in my hand and I say, you know, I'm looking for the bus that is going, I'm looking for the train that's going to this place. And when I get on, there's a little sign that says, going to this place, and I sat in my seat comfortable, knowing, okay, I know where I'm going. It's all good. Abraham didn't have that comfort. Matter of fact, God told him, he said, hey, I want you to get up from your people, get up from your kindred, get up from your family, from your country, and I want you to go to a place that I will show you. How'd you like that? Destination unknown. I'm not getting on that bus I'm not getting on that van. I'm not getting on that airplane, man. I don't know where it's going. I don't know where it's going to end up. But listen, when God is the pilot, you can trust God in your life. And I want to notice some things about here, about Abraham, as he was obedient to going to a place that he didn't know. I want you to know, first and foremost, before you can go anywhere, there are some things that you have to let go of. It's not possible to get to where you're going and take everything with you. And the very first thing I want you to notice that, that Abram was told to let go of was his, uh, look there in verse number one. Uh, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country. Well, I remember the first time I left our country. I went to Peru, I was a teenager. And, uh, and I had just graduated from high school. I had not even gone to Bible college yet. And, and, uh, and I went down to our country and I was talking with the Peruvians. And, and down there they, they said, hey, uh, tell us about your culture. 
you know what? I was really ignorant. I'm like, I, I didn't know how to define my culture because I didn't have anything to compare it with. It was everything in my life was normal to me and I didn't know what was different to be able to say, well, this is our culture and this is what is different. Now, having been around a little bit, I, I, I know, boy, there is a lot of differences in cultures. Even here in America, there's a difference between the southern culture and the northern culture and, and the eastern culture and the western culture. And, and if you really want to get nitpickety about it, even in Ohio, there's different cultures throughout the state, depending on where you're located. Uh, there's just different ways that people go about life. And I want you to notice that Abram was called to leave his country. Well, he had to let go of his culture. There were some things that were going to be different wherever he would go that he would have to uh, be okay with. And as I think about our, I, our life and as Christians, I think, listen, when somebody gets saved and God changes their life, there is a lot of their culture that they're going to leave behind. There used to be a day, and many can testify to this, that our, our nation was built on biblical morals and biblical family culture and biblical uh, work ethic. And, and our culture was very much integrated with Christianity. And even a lost person would live a very moral, hardworking life. That's just, that was the way it was. We, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we have long since departed that day. And that's not our culture today. And so when somebody gets saved today, there is a lot of culture that's integrated in their life that they've got to learn to let go of so that they can follow God in their life. We're talking about being obedient to God. Abraham had to let go of some of, the, uh, of his culturistic things as he would travel. Listen, our culture, as I said, used to be defined by work ethic and family and morality. Today, I think it would probably be more fair that our culture is defined by materialistic goods. That is, man, you've got to have this and you've got to have that and, and, and the one that's the most wealthy wins and, and that's kind of one of the mindsets that uh, is really involved in our culture today. Uh, what about the whole idea of uh, not just uh, materialism but also education? Boy, I'm not against education. Don't get me wrong on this. But we've pushed education above God. We said education matters more than God. We'll put it another way. Science matters more than what God says. Well, that's backwards. Matter of fact, if you're a Christian, you know that science and the Bible line up. And when science departs from the Bible, that's exactly what it's done. It's departed from God. And it's no longer correct. But we've educated, uh, we've elevated rather education and science so much so that the world looks at Christianity and, and us that would gather here in this room as a bunch of ignorant people. That's kind of how they feel about us. 
And I'm just saying, when somebody gets saved, they may have to leave and they will have to let go of their materialistic ideas. They'll have to let go of their, uh, their arrogant uh, educational ideas that would say, hey, I'm better than God and I'm better than what the Word of God says. They're going to have to let go of some of those cultures. Not only that, but man, we can all agree that we live in an entertain me society. And entertainment, boy, it's big. And I'm, I'm not against entertainment. There's nothing wrong with playing ball and going fishing and, and, and doing some things. But when, when it becomes more important than who God is, we have a problem. And I'm just saying, it, it has surpassed God long ago in our country on a cultural level. And, and I'm just saying that when, when Abraham, uh, I'm sure that he didn't have to worry about watching football on Sundays. And, uh, and basketball games and all of that. That wasn't his issue. But I'm saying, hey, he did have to let go of his culture when he left. There were things that were going to change. And listen, when we get saved, listen, as you step out in obedience, maybe you're new in faith, maybe you're growing, and you're saying, hey, there's some cultural things that I've got to let go of in my life so that I can follow God. We find that Abraham was told to leave his country behind. But I want you to notice, not only his country, but he had to leave his kindred behind. Listen, Abraham didn't leave his family because of a rift or because of hatred or because he could not get along with them. Abraham left his family because God had told him to and said, hey, I want you to leave your family. Hey, listen, it's hard to leave family. It's hard to, uh, to, to pull away from them and, and, and say, hey, I'll see you later. And thinking in your mind, I don't know if I will see them later. I don't know if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see them again. And, 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 and letting them go. I'm just telling you that Abraham was called to leave his culture and his country, to leave his kindred and say, hey, I've got to go. God has called me to a place. And listen, sometimes we have to make it clear to our family that we don't align with what they do. That's not saying we, we, don't, we don't ever go see them or we don't ever call them or we don't, ever, uh, we, we, we don't cut, cut them off completely. Completely, we still love them, but it's very clear, hey, I'm a Christian, and I'm going to follow God with my life. And because of that, there's some things that i got to let go, and, and perhaps there's some things there with family that, that are going to have to be cut off and, and changed and rearranged, and God is going to have to be prioritized. I mean, after all, when God told Abraham, he said, hey, I want you to leave all of this behind. Abraham where am I going? I'll show you. Boy, that's pretty tough to explain to family. That's pretty tough to tell your, your job. That's pretty tough to tell all of that and say, you know what, I'm, I'm following God. And I don't know where it's going to take me, but I am bound to follow God. We see, we see obedience in his going. I'll tell you this, look at verse number two. He was letting go, but number two... He says, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. You know what? 
obedience and going requires us to let go of some things, but then it requires of us to look at the promises of God. I mean, Abram was there looking at the promises. And God's saying, hey, I'm going to make a great nation of you and, and I'm going to bless you and, and your name's going to be great and you're going to be a blessing to other people. And, and Abraham was looking at God's promises and saying, man, that's what I want in my life. Listen, if you're following God, hey, there are lots of promises in the word of God that you can look forward to as a believer and say, hey, I don't know how, what all this path is going to take me through, but I'll tell you this, I want to follow God. And look at his promises and say, I want to follow him. Second Peter chapter two, chapter one. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but you can mark it down. If you're fast and want to turn there, you can. Second Peter chapter one and verses three and four. The Bible says this as we think about the promises of God. Second Peter chapter one and verses three and four says this. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Isn't it good to know that God, when we got saved, gave us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He didn't abandon us and say, good luck, you're on your own, you do the best you can. No, no, he gave us everything that we needed that we could live for him. The Holy Spirit came and indwelt you as a believer and will help you to live the life that you ought to be living. Goes on in 2 Peter 1.3, it says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world, World through lust. You know what he's saying? He's saying that you would walk with God when you step out of your, your kindred and when you step out of your culture and when you step out of your nation and you're following God and you're saying, hey, I want to be a Christian and I want to follow God with my life, that he's giving you everything that you need to guide you on that journey throughout your lifetime. That, and he's given you great and precious promises so that you can walk with God. What a blessing. Abraham... I don't know how many years, well I do because I looked it all up, but I don't tell you right now. I don't know how often though he would look back and say, you know what, God promised me that I'm going to be a blessing. And he held on to those promises of God. You know what the Bible says in Hebrews 11:8? By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went. But he trusted God. And he said, you know what? I'm trusting. I'm looking for those promises that God made unto me. Listen, you can't, you can't know the promises if you don't spend time reading the book. Hey, spend time. We encourage you. I, I try to regularly encourage Read the Bible. Read the Bible. We put those plans out every January and, and I hope and pray that you take a plan and you try to read through your Bible and an entire, uh, the whole Bible in an entire year and, and, uh, and I hope and pray that that's a blessing. You know, every page, every page of the Word of God 
will teach you something about God. It will teach you something about yourself. There's things that are written in the Word of God on every single page that will guide you in your spiritual life. And we need to look unto the promises of God. Not only that, but, uh, but man, there's nothing left after you've let go and you're looking to the promises. Hey, you just got to step out by faith and leave. And go and say, you know what, I'm going to follow God. I'm doing this. I love verse 4 in, in Genesis chapter 12 and it says this. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. He, he just stepped out by faith. He went. And we find that in Abraham's life, he, he followed God. And, and listen, uh, this was when he was only 75 years old when, when he stepped out. And by the way, uh, it's not blind faith. It, it, there was nothing blind about it. Oh, sure, he didn't know where he was going, but he definitely had leadership from God. And there was a clear word from God there. And there was clear promises that God had given him. And he said, you know what? I'm clinging to those promises. Yes, I might not be able to see the entire path. Yes, I might not be able to look at the whole trip. But I can tell you this, I'm holding on to God's hand. And I'm going to go with him. It wasn't a blind faith. It wasn't an ignorant faith. It was a faith that was firmly, squarely placed in God and His promises. And He left. He went out. Go with me. Fast forward a few years in Abraham's life to chapter number 17. And look with me there. We see obedience in going. And in Genesis chapter number 17, fast forward a couple chapters. Look with me in verse number 1. The Bible says this, And when Abraham was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make thee a covenant between me and thee. And will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name, uh, neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, uh, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. And I want you to know that not only was their faith, not only was their obedience in going and stepping out from his home and stepping out from his country and following God with his life, but I want you to notice that there was obedience in growing in his life. Sometimes we read through Scripture. I read through Scripture. I'm guilty of this. I don't know if you do it. But I, I don't even account for time. It's like flip, flip the page, okay, 
25, 30 years went by and I don't even realize the time that has passed. Do you understand that uh, Abraham was called uh, when he was only 75 years old and, and now he is 99 years old? That's quite a few years, almost 20 years. Um, more than 20 years. I did my math wrong because I, I read 90, not 90 and 9. So I have to tack on five years, and that's why I do my math beforehand. I'm just saying it was a lot of years, 24 years, that he, he, he walked with God. Do you, how, do you realize oftentimes how impatient we are? And we're following God and, and we've stepped out from our country. We've stepped out from our kindred. We've left some things behind. We've grabbed onto the promises of God. And, and now we're walking with God and we're out in the middle of nowhere. And as we're going through life, we run into this problem or that problem. And we say, God, I, I thought we had a promise to keep. I thought you had promised some things and, and we expected in the first year and we expected in the second year and we expected in the third year and sometimes we even expect it in the first three months and we don't see any fruit and we don't see any results and we don't see anything taking place and we're busy saying, man, where, where's God at? Here is Abraham that has walked with God for some more than 25 years in his life as he was following God and he still doesn't have a child yet. Wait a minute, 20 years ago, God had promised him, I'll make of thee a great nation, and I'll, I'll, kings are going to come from you. And here it is, some 25, 20 some years later, that God is reiterating the same promise. And here's Abraham holding on to that same promise, saying, Man, I, this is the same, this all sounds familiar to me. I heard this 20 years ago, and nothing has changed. But not Abraham, he's faithful. And he's following God and he's growing in his faith. Listen, you need to understand and we need to understand that God does not work on our timetables. I gave this illustration. I, I don't, it wasn't here. I think it was elsewhere. I, I firmly believe there's two things. There's God's will and there's God's timing. My daughter, Christina, she's only 14. I firmly believe that it's God's will that she'll drive a car someday. But I'm not going to give her the car keys today and say, you know what, I believe it's God's will, so here you go. Go drive the car. Are you kidding me? No. It's not the right time. It's too... For one thing, she can't even reach the pedals. She might be able to. She pulls that seat all the way up. There's God's will and there's God's time. And just because God doesn't work on your timetables and just because we've been trained to have an instant everything and we expect God to do it our way and on our time and we expect to have everything done when we deem it necessary that it be done. Listen, God is not bound to our time. 
Abraham, here is some 20 some years later that he's still listening to God and he's still following God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and verse number 9, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hey, his eyes were not placed in this world. His eyes were placed out saying, listen, I want what God has for me. And I'm willing to wait and I'm willing to follow God and I'm willing to be obedient and I'm willing to grow in my faith until I land on that day when God provides and fulfills his promise. And Abraham grew in his faith. He had a lifestyle of walking with God. Many things happened during those years. We'll go back. You don't have to turn back. You can if you'd like. But uh, I want you to know in, in Genesis 13, there was strife with the herdsmen of Lot, his nephew, and his herdsmen. They ended up having to part ways. And the Bible says this in Genesis 13, 14. And the Lord said unto Abraham, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. God said after he went through that first trial, of, of Lot and, and the herdsmen and, and that strife that took place and, and, and maybe Abraham scratching his head saying, man, I don't understand what's going on here, God. And, and God saying, hey, after they had separated, then God said, hey, lift up your eyes and look, all these, this is the land that I'm going to give you. It's yours and your people's forever. And he gave them that land. Hey, listen, what about in uh, God comforts and assures Abraham after all of that taken place? Uh, what about when Lot was taken captive in Genesis chapter number 14 and, and some uh, soldiers came in and they captured Lot and took him away and, and, uh, and, and Abraham goes after him and, and he, uh, uh, he gets Lot back and gets all and delivers them all and uh, the king of Sodom, you'll remember this, comes to uh, Abram and he says this, uh, you can go back and mark it or read it if you want, Genesis 14, verses 21 through 24. But basically, the king of Sodom says, hey, I want to give you of, uh, for, for going out and rescuing those people. And Abraham says this, I'm not going to take anything from you except for the food that we've eaten. I just want reimbursed for my time. That's it, for, my, for, the, for the food that we've eaten. And that's it, not even for his time. And I love it because you know what? Abraham testifies of God. He says, I want you to know that God takes care of me. I'm not interested in your money. I'm not interested in taking anything. I don't want the, the Sodom and Gomorrah to, to enrich God's servant. Uh, I am not taking anything from you. You can just reimburse me for the minimum uh, that, that we ate. And after that, the Bible says in Genesis 15 and verse number 1, this is right after he had testified to, uh, to the king of Sodom. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward and what I'm saying is there were difficulties in Abraham's life as he went through trials and he went through struggles and he went through difficulties and every time God was there after he made it to the other side and he just gave him a reassurance and he just gave him peace in his life 
Listen, you'll go through trials and tr struggles in your life. But listen, God will help you. And listen, sometimes you'll go through a trial and a struggle and you won't understand the whole time you're going through it until you pop out the other side and then the storm goes away and God just floods you with peace and says, it's okay, my child. I got it all. It's all under control. You don't have to worry about it. And God is growing your faith year after year after year after year. And you're saying, man, I'm, I'm still holding on just like Abraham was. It was a lifestyle, not a moment of walking with God. It was a lifestyle of walking with God. And listen, he was following the leadership of God. If you were to go back and read those chapters, I wanted to cover all the times that God spoke to Abraham. There's no way. Because it just, and God said to Abraham, and God said to Abram, I mean, it just happens over and over and over. And so I just grabbed a couple of the mountaintop ones and, and said, let's take those. Because, listen, God was constantly fellowshipping with Abram. And listen, over those 20-some years, hey, listen, in your life, maybe you've left your culture. Maybe you've left your kindred. Maybe you've left the world behind and you're following God. And maybe you're 10 years in. Maybe you're 15 years in. And listen, uh, we'll still go through struggles. We'll still go through difficulties. But God... God is there to help us through all of those uh, hardships and through those trials that we'll go through. And Abram is a great blessing to us because he was obedient in growing his faith. Listen, we ought to be obedient in growing closer to God. Listen, God led him all the way. I thought of that verse, Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Listen, I've said it many times and I'll say it again. As long as you're breathing on this earth, God's still got something for you to do. And he's still working through your life. And, and, and listen, it, it doesn't matter if, if you can't even get out of bed. You don't have to get out of bed to pray. You know that? I'm telling you, we've got people that they can't, they, they can't get out. They, they cannot get out of bed without help. But listen, they pray. They pray for Anchor Baptist Church. I say thank God for that. Hey, they're, they're still doing something for God. And what I'm trying to say is, hey, the, you're following the leading of God. And, and the promise of God is that, uh, that he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, until God takes us out of this world uh, or until he comes back. Hey, he's got something. He's working in you and through you in your life. You just keep walking with him. Hey, it may seem like it's been years. It may be seem like you're holding on to a promise that's yet to be fulfilled. And, and, and may, in your mind, uh, you, you say, man, it's grown to an impossibility. Abraham started when he was 75. He's now 99, and God is reiterating the promise of a son. Think about that for a minute. And Abraham's saying, I'm not sure how that's going to work, God. But he trusts God. And he grew in his faith. And he was obedient and growing. Go with me to chapter 22 as we fast forward just a little bit more. Not only was Abraham obedient and going, not only was 
Abraham obedient and growing. But I want you to notice that Abraham was obedient in giving as well. Genesis chapter number 22 in the Bible says this. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him th there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Verse number three. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. You know the story in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham takes his son, his only son Isaac, up into the mountains. What, what a phenomenal, I hate to call it story because it makes it sound fictitious. It's, it's a historical account of what took place. Abraham took his only son, Isaac, and he went up into that mountain. You talk about a great sacrifice. Every time I read that, I just kind of get choked up. I think, what an incredible sacrifice. How did Abraham get to this point in his life that he was, that he was so trusting and so confident of God? that he would take his only son up into the mountain. The Bible says there that he clave the wood. I don't know. It's just my opinion. I think that means Abraham said, I'm going to carry the wood myself. Oh, he had two servants that were younger that could have carried it. But it meant something to him. Say, no, I'm, I'm carrying the wood. And I'm taking my son. And I'm going to sacrifice him. And he took him up into that mountain. And we see obedience in giving. Abraham is not a perfect man. But I tell you what, he is walking with God. Abraham was over a hundred when Isaac was born. You can go back in Genesis 21.5 and find it. He was over a hundred years, he was a uh, uh, hundred years old when Isaac was born. Excuse me, not over a hundred. He was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. This is several years later. We don't, we don't know. I, I couldn't find a reference right off the top of my bat. I don't, uh, I don't know how old Isaac was, but obviously he was old enough to go on his own and walk with them. And, and so uh, he was a, a young man, perhaps maybe 13. I, I don't know. Uh, so we're, we're looking at even 13 years later after God had provided him a son and, and, and he had waited for some 20 some years to get that son that God had promised him some 30 years earlier and we find that in all of it God is now saying you take that son that I gave you go up the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice and I'm saying that's a lot but here's Abraham. I love there's no there. It goes from God's directive to Abraham's decision. He goes. 
He goes and gets his, his, his donkey and he saddles it up and he gets his son and he gets his servants and he goes up that mountainside. And I'm just telling you, that's an amazing um, historical account of the life of Abraham. And he was obedient in giving. As I think about obedient in giving and the sacrifice that Abraham was about to make, uh, I think it's this. I think it's loving God above all things. The Bible says here in verse number 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. That word tempt in the, in the, in the dictionary means to try or to prove. I find it interesting that in Abraham's old age, after 30-some years, I don't know, after he had called him to leave his homeland, leave his kindred, and that he had walked with God for all of these years, and he gets all the way to, uh, to, to 112 years old. I don't know how old he was. Uh, we're just kind of speculating at his age. But, but, but 113 years old, we'll just say that, uh, that, that now God is saying, hey, I'm going to put your faith to the test again. And it was test after test after test after test after test in the life of Abraham. And I look at his faith and I see what he does. And I say, man, he is, he is a man of great faith. God didn't test him the first year he left his... God didn't, let me rephrase that. God did not give him that large of a test, if I could say it that way in the first year that he left his homeland and his kindred. That's not to say that God didn't test him or prove him. He did. But his faith grew and grew and grew and grew. And what I'm saying is this, that, hey, we, we can't expect to have faith like that of Abraham. The first year we're saved. The second year we're saved. But we ought to be growing in our faith as time goes on. We ought to be getting closer to God. We ought to be more moldable, if I can say it that way, in God's hands as time goes on that we would say, God, whatever you want of me, that I will do because I've watched you take care of me in the past and, and you asked me to take take a baby step and I took a baby step. You asked me to take another baby step, I took another baby step. You asked me to take a full grown step, I took another full grown step. Then you're leading me on by two and three steps and I'm following you in my life. And every time God is asking maybe a little bit more, maybe to stretch ourselves a little bit more and to say, you know what, I'm growing in my faith and I'm learning to walk with you. And again, not everything was easy through the life of Abraham. You go back and read it. He had his ups. He had his downs. He had his trials. He had his difficulties. But he spent time walking with God and he spent time growing in his life. And in the end, we find Abraham was obedient in giving. And I think it's because he had grown so close to God and he loved God and he trusted God so much with his life that he said, there's not much. There's really nothing that I'll withhold from you. Many times in our lives, we've got that area that's reserved. God, you can, you can have this. You can have that. You can have this foot. You can have this foot. But I got this area. Don't, don't meddle in that area. Don't, 
don't speak to me about that because I don't want to let go of that. And we're holding on to stuff. Maybe even after years, Abraham had held on to this promise so long, it finally came and Abraham had to let go again. But this time it wasn't his family and his culture and all of that. It was his most valued prized possession, his son. And said, God, you gave them to me. How could I withhold them? Much of that is realizing we are but stewards of everything we own. I've said it before. I'll, I'll say it again. These, these boots, I wear them. They're God's. I look at everything in my life and say, you know what? I'm trying to be a good steward of what God has given me. You say, boots, that's kind of silly. Maybe it is. But maybe it isn't. Maybe we need to just say, you know what? Everything that I have is God's. And allow him control of all of it. And say, God, if you want me to use it, you know what? If, if God said, give these boots away, I could say, you know what? They're not mine. Actually, they were given to me. I pass them on. Somebody else. Why? Because they belong to God. And if we look at our life as just stewards of what God has given us, hey, we'll, we'll be obedient in giving to God whatever it is that he may ask of us. Abraham was obedient in going, leaving his homeland. Abraham was obedient in growing during the bulk of his, I'll say it this way, Christian life. Abraham was obedient in giving to God whatever he wants. What is it that God's asking of you? What is it that you're holding on to? Maybe you're new in the faith, just like Abraham had just stepped out of his country and his culture. Maybe you've been living the Christian life for some 20 years. And you're saying, man, I, I just keep growing. You just keep holding on to that promise. You keep going forward. Maybe you've watched God give you promise after promise after promise. And maybe you're up against another test and God's saying, this is a big one. But I want you to be faithful. And I want you to trust me. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Abraham was faithful in going. Abraham was faithful in growing. Abraham was faithful in giving. Father, I pray that you'd help us as Christians, God, whether new or whether mature in the faith, God, that we would go, grow, and give to you everything. Everything that we have. God, that we would, there would be nothing that we would hold back in our life. God, I know it, it takes a while for us to get to that point. But God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts and help us to continue to grow and to be open to you and whatever you want in our life. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. Maybe there's something you're holding back. Maybe, maybe, you say, preacher, I've been 
holding on to those promises and it's been five years, it's been 10 years, it's been 15 years. And I feel like the idea is slipping away. I encourage you, I urge you, just trust God. I can't always tell you what God's doing. I can't all, Abraham couldn't explain to you everything that God was doing in his life. But he was trusting him. He was following him. He was growing in his faith. Whatever the need. As the piano plays, the altar's open. Maybe you just want to thank God for the leadership that he's given you in your lifetime. Maybe you want to thank him for the comfort of the trials that you've been through and how he's comforted and provided. Whatever the need, the altar's open. Abraham was obedient in going, obedient in growing, and obedient in giving to God what God asked of him.